So, uh, before we start, really quick. Um, so, you guys ever, like, have someone that, uh, you know, is a little rough around the edges, per se? Uh, you know, you're just starting to meet them. And, you know, they have a few kind of, you know, uh, warning signs. Or they seem a little off, kind of. But not. you can't quite put your finger on it. And um, so... You know, you're with a group of friends, and then, um, and then you're, you you uh, end up at their end up at their house, and um, so then you you know you're checking around, and uh, then you go and you see a family photo, uh, and you see uh, someone who's likely uh, their parent, and then uh, you notice that uh, the the parent's eyes. Uh, the left eye is looking at the right frame of the picture, and the right eye is looking at the left frame of the picture, and uh, you go, huh, okay, this explains a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World According to Kyle podcast. How are you doing, everybody? Uh, how is it going? I'm fucking fan. Fantastic. Just a little quick housekeeping before we get going. You can catch me on YouTube at Kyle Max. You can catch me on Twitter at Kyleverse. You can catch me on Instagram at KyleMax86 on Facebook at KyleMax. Reddit, TWA2K. Um, I will start taking questions for the show if you have any questions that uh, you would like answered. Ladies, you can slide into my DMs. And guys, you can DM me. Uh, also, very big important announcement, in addition to uh, my um, YouTube, uh, I now have distribution on major podcast platforms. So if uh, you want to listen to me, you want to DL me uh, for the road or what have you, you can find me on Apple Pod, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser and Geo Savan. Yes sir, big things on the horizon at TWA2K. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, oh, man, where to start? Where to start? So much uh so much fucked up news in the world, but um Let's um let's kick it off with a little uh sports talk. And uh I do know the Olympic um ceremonies have just ended. I really have nothing to say on the matter because if not giving a fuck about the Olympics was the Olympic sport, I would win so much gold. <laughs> I would I would win like least time watched, uh least amount of thought given. Uh, maybe even most irrational hatred for <laughs> for uh, the Olympics, and you know what? I don't know. It's just uh, just maybe the way I was raised, uh, you know, in the Western Hemisphere of the world, where like you know, kind of the kids who played like who got good at like these uh, rogue uh, sports, like paddle sports, and. Uh, like fucking curling and shit. They were always a, the kids who just like, you know, got soup got decided to get super good at something 
because they were weren't as well because they couldn't like play the popular sports like uh, football, you know, uh, hockey, uh, baseball, etc. As far as I'm concerned, I would rather be a bad player or a moder- mediocre player in a sport that uh, people like than uh, than to like be a great player in like a sport no one gives a fuck about, you know, 95% of the time until the Olympics come on and all of a sudden their uh, geographic chauvinism uh, has to sprout and, yeah, go country, go team, even though I don't fucking pay attention to this shit the uh, rest of the time of the year. So, I ain't going to talk about anything I don't fucking know or care about. Uh, So... Let's talk about things that I do know and care about, which uh, is American football. Um, So, as you may have known, uh, I am a a big Bengals fan, and um, the Super Bowl just concluded. Um, You know what? It's a little little bittersweet because, um, you know... uh, we should not have uh, made it really that far. We overperformed expectations. Um, so now you got to kind of sit back and assess what happened and um, where the where how, how did we overperform expectations yet end up uh, coming up short in um, in the long run. Now um, the quick. Uh, point two is the offensive line, which clearly was an issue. I'm not going to lie, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Frank Pollock, the uh, former Colts uh, offensive line um, coordinator or offensive line coach. Uh, I thought that he did an incredible job, you know, making uh, making something out of not much. Uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, say make something out of nothing. There are some decent pieces on the Bengals line. Some people uh, played their ass off and uh, there were injuries, but one or two injuries shouldn't be the death of your offensive line. So that is first and foremost. Um, uh, shout out to Frank Pollock for an incredible job. I could not be happier having him. On our side, I think we got, you know, the Bengals have um, one of the better teams in the NFL and people are writing them off um, right away um, because of um, of their deficiencies. Now, I think they're so fucking close, man. With Burrow, with Burrow, you always have a shot. Even fucking uh, we even almost won the Super Bowl. It was down to the last. Uh, down to the last drive. If Burrow could have, if Burrow picks up, if Tyler Boyd, uh, what, <laughs> what a time to make your first drop of the season, right? Like Boyd's usually, usually money. Boyd made like something like six, uh, 67 or 68 catches in a row before, um, before that drop. But, that's the thing. I mean, we are going to attract the free agents. We're going to get the free agents. Um, you know, Mike Brown wants to wants to bring a champion uh, a championship to this city. 
Um, so now I want to go over the one maybe. Um, so I want to go over the one thing that maybe um, people are overlooking in this situation. Um, at least the Bengals fans that I'm subscribed to on Twitter might be, um, sorry, underlooking in, in, in this situation, um, is um, the coaching. Um, now, the, def the DC has been incredible. The DC has fucking, like, been a fucking um, tremendous, uh, a tremendous jump in, uh, in the Bengals. Um, and the Bengals, his, he's done a great job, A, getting the guys, and B, uh, making them work together as a defensive unit. Um, you know, the types of, like, guys they were signing uh, that that they just did such a good job with. Um, you know, Hilton, uh, Chidobi, Awuzie, uh, you know, even Eli Apple had a, had a, you know, had some decent, had some decent moments. Um, you know, I thought he did a great job. Um, so the 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 one thing I would point to, um, besides uh, besides the obvious offensive lineman, is the uh, the head coach and the o OC, the offensive coordinator. Um, there were times where I was beyond where the Bengals' play calling on offense was beyond predictable. Uh, where it was just like, you know, they were just kind of going through the motions. Um, like a lot of the, a lot of their, um, their wins came from comebacks, um, in the second half in the playoffs. And a, a lot of them were down significantly. Um, I think that they had no business with what they, uh, with the offensive firepower that they had to uh, just be down so much in these games against, like, teams with obvious weaknesses and needing to come back. Like, to me, this is uh, this is uh, Joe Burrow and the offense, uh, you know, succeeding despite the, despite the coaching. Um, and uh, the coaching kind of not, you know, they're, they're, Zach Taylor and uh, – the OC, they can coach with their backs to the wall when they need to, when they really need to, uh, when they're really like in do or die mode, but they need to get in that mode all game. They, uh, you know, they have to, they just have to fucking learn how to, uh, put their boots to the throat and fucking stomp on it. Like that is what they need to do. And they're not doing it. And their play calling is so fucking vanilla and it's boring and it's predictable. They do not use motion enough. Uh, they're not using, uh, they're not like using um, chase to help, to help uh, motion chase to help read the defenses, whether they're in, uh, whether they're in man or zone coverage to be able to help burrow, uh, you know, and a lot, and you could point to the last play where uh, Chase was open, but Joe Burrow did not have the time to get to him. Yes, I know, but I mean the Bengals should be, you know, a lot, a lot more threatening on offense, right? Right now, they were, they were waiting for the defenses to step up before they, uh, 
before they got the offenses going. The defense was a more solid, uh, a, a more solid um, unit as far as um, producing producing big game changing game changing plays. Uh, if it wasn't for these, you know, batted up balls by Hilton and catching them for interceptions and shit, like uh, we wouldn't be in there. So I, you know. I wasn't a fan of the extension for Taylor. Uh, granted, I think that is a little bit of jumping the gun. Uh, I definitely don't think he should have been fired after after that. I definitely think that um, you know I would give him at least another year, but I need to see I need to see improvement. I need to see um, motion. I need to see a lot more motion. Um, a lot more. Um, movement um you know like it's like when i'm watching the game it's like okay uh it's very it's very predictable and like uh there's a few drives that i'm able to point out where it's just like okay that was in zach taylor and the oc have had good spots where i've been impressed by what they were doing but it's too few and far between and um i don't think they're i don't think they're really getting the most out of that offense uh, you know, heartbreaking, um, you know, the, I'm like, but I think Cincy fans are happy to be in the spot where they're in. I mean, I'm happy to be a Bengals fan right now. Um, overall, not that much to complain about. And, uh, despite my criticisms, um, the, that I do think that I don't think they're beyond repair. Okay. Um, uh, especially with, um, with uh, the head coach in OC, I think they can, I think they can step it up. They just, A, they have to, they have to get cutthroat. They have to, they have to get cutthroat and they have to um, get unconventional. They have to learn to do the things on the downs that the defenses aren't expecting. Like with Burrow, what you're working with is just a guy who's so smart and so uh, and can dissect defenses if he's just given an inch and he will take that. And we need to stop being so vanilla and like, let's run on, uh, you know, run on, uh, run on first down. And if we pick up a few yards, then we're going to have a short pass on second down. And then if we don't get that pass then we're going to have a long pass, like it's so predictable. You know, you gotta keep the you gotta keep the defenses guessing. When I'm when I'm watching the game and I'm just like, okay, obviously they're gonna run on run on this first down. What do you think? And I'm just a fucking you know, I'm not a football coach. I'm just a fan watching it. What do you fuck do you think a, a actual coach is uh is watching when he sees this? You know. Now enough about enough about my. Uh, my um my pity party over uh over the Bengals loss um I want to give a shout out to the Rams and a shout out to the Rams for uh what they did and um the fuck them picks uh unconventional team building strategy uh, <laughs> you know it was uh it was a bold approach let let me uh just say that and um Picking up Stafford, giving up two first-round picks for Matt Stafford, um, 
and ending up doing what they did was uh, and winning the Super Bowl and being all in and winning the Super Bowl so rarely works out. And um, that's that's a uh, testament to the uh, unconventional team building strategy that they had, which, you know, a lot of teams do not opt for. They do not opt to um, get rid of all get rid of all their picks. And, uh, you know, basically go all in to try and win a Super Bowl. And um, they recognized with uh, Jared Goff that he just wasn't enough to get the job done. And Stafford was just enough of a, uh, a level up of an improvement to be able to uh, to be able to to get the job done if they got it. there, And. Um, and they did, which is. Um, and they did it without a running game also. So amazing job. Amazing job by the Rams. Um, and like a, this is what I was worried about. I thought I said before on the prior podcast that I thought the Rams were a bad matchup. The Bengals, I thought that they were the worst possible matchup that could have came out of uh, the NFC. And I liked anybody out of the – like if anybody out of the NFC – came to play the Bengals, I would have liked the Bengals. And now, um, you know, sometimes with my social media presence, um, I get a bit um, a bit confused. Like, I don't know. I might have just said this to one of my friends. I might have put this out in the Twitter ethos. But uh, I do owe an apology to Odell Beck. Junior, because uh, you know, I kind of, um, I kind of fronted the idea that Odell Beckham leaving Cleveland may have been like a Ewing theory type of thing. Which fuck was I wrong <laughs> about that? Odell Beckham Junior was uh, amazing in this playoffs, and uh, I don't know if the Rams would have uh, would have won had they had they not had him uh, in their back pocket. And, you know, shout out to him. He deserves it. Um, he's an incredible player who, you know, ate shit with fucking shit teams for so long. Um, you know, New York Giants post-Super Bowl, Eli Manning, uh, Daniel Jones, on to fucking Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, eating shit, getting pooped on, <laughs> all, all that, all that, and then finally making it to uh, – LA and providing a, an amazing role, uh, as a role player, um, uh, and, uh, making some massive plays when, when it counted, um, sucks that he got injured, but he was, a he was a very important part in, uh, the LA Rams, uh, taking it home, which I mean, uh, a little bit disappointing to see such a non-existent fan base win a Super Bowl, uh, granted. <laughs> like, uh, Bengals fans are fucking live and loud. I'm subscribed to so many, like, uh, so many great Bengals fans on Twitter. Uh, Commissioner Yass, uh, Ace Boogie, uh, Joe Goodbury, um, you know, the Bengals captain, the Bengalorian. Like, man, so... So many great Bengals fans, um, but I mean, I'm sure they're happy that they were still able to 
celebrate uh, their team. Their team broke the curse of not winning a playoff game for 31 years. And you know what? The future looks bright. So, uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed to see the L.A. Like, the, did L.A. even know they won, they won a Super Bowl? Like, like if, a forest, if a tree falls in the forest and, you know, no one is fucking paying attention, like, did it actually happen? Um, you know, and, uh, it, and, uh, so there was like that, um, with the LA Super Bowl party where the chick just like fell off the stage and fucking like fractured her spine. And then that was a bad look on Stafford, man. Stafford just, ooh, and then just fucking walk and then just walks away. Like, Come on, Stafford, man. Like, fucking, like, ugh. That's not my quarterback right there. Like, holy shit, man. And then people were giving him excuses. Like, if you're drunk, man. Like, I've been drunk a lot before, and no one would make me want, like, if a fucking chick fell off, like, a fucking, like, you know, three-foot stage and or a three-meter stage and fucking collapsed on the ground. Like, um, I've been drunk a lot. I don't think I would have just walked away. I would have to be, like, vomiting on, uh, like, projectile vomiting to be able to not give a shit. But, hey, that's just what alcohol does. It unmasks the person that you really are. And, uh, you know, that's why, like, sometimes I've been drunk and I never fucking get into any uh situations because I'm just not a piece of shit person so you know the alcohol just unmasks um you know the side of me that I'm really not that worried about <laughs> because uh you know I'm not a piece of shit human being so I don't have all that much to worry about when I get plastered um but you know huge win Huge win, massive win for neckbeards, okay? I don't think, I don't, I've don't. i never seen a neckbeard win have a W quite this big. Have you? When's the last time, when's the, na- when's the last time a neckbeard had a uh, W as big as fucking leading the team to a Super Bowl? So, huge win for neckbeards uh, across the globe. Another huge win was a Super Bowl halftime show. And I know, like, his, like, older songs, whatever, but, you know, that's kind of the type of music I grew up with. And it was, like, it wasn't super political. It was just a dope show, you know, having Snoop, you know, doing fucking Crip Walk, having fucking Dre, kicking out the old school jams, you know, Mary J. Blige. 50 Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. Like, it was good, man. It was like, I don't know how much more you could have asked for a halftime show, you know. You have, like, uh, uh, one or two uh, acts there, and then, you know, it gets, then they just play one minute of their, of a bunch of their songs, and, you know, that's all right. But then for this, you have, like, uh, you know, uh, they do pretty much one or two of their good songs and it's multiple artists. Uh, it was a great halftime show. I mean, you really couldn't go wrong. 
that is about the best you, that you I, you can get from a halftime show. Uh, wasn't super political, which is great because I don't need fucking politics involved in my goddamn Super Bowl or <laughs> or in my football. Um, and it was just it was just good as uh, it was easy going. I don't know how you could really complain about that that sort of halftime show. So two back to back halftime shows that were pretty good. And uh, the Super Bowl commercials, also very good. Um, there were a few that really stuck out to me. Um, the cable guy, the <laughs> the, the, the reemergence of of Jim Carrey as the cable guy. Um, uh, Doctor Evil, the, <laughs> the Mike Myers. The, they brought they brought the 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 Austin Powers squad back for uh for Dr. Evil. Um the Sopranos, uh Meadow and AJ with the Got Yourself a Gun with the Chevy uh the Chevy uh Equinox uh commercial. But even better than a halftime show, better than any other commercial, probably <laughs> since the Rams won, it was probably my favorite moment of the Super Bowl was the Larry David uh, FTX Super Bowl commercial. Oh, my God. What a, like, man, it was almost like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, <laughs> I, like having Larry as, like, the historical figure where the guy comes up with, like, <laughs> an amazing idea and Larry Dave's, ah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's good, man. <laughs> And having just Larry David as the same person throughout time, uh, discrediting these like you know, in hindsight, obvious wins of uh, of inventions, that was just mwah. and uh, you know I'm into crypto, but I actually have the FTX uh, app on my phone. Um, it's not one that I am currently using. Uh, there's so many ways to go about doing crypto, but uh, man, that was. That was just a fucking, that, that was an 11 out of 10 Super Bowl commercial. Please, uh, if you're a fan of um, Larry David's work, uh, Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, then please check out that commercial. Check out the uh, Larry David FTX Super Bowl commercial. <sighs> so, yeah, you know, kind of sucks that it's done and over with, but, you know, yeah, all good things must come to an end. I'm very excited about uh, what the years to come uh, have uh, in store for the Bengals. Um, you know, I'm glad that a lot of uh, Bengals shit talkers are sitting here eating crow. You can go back to my prior episodes where I was saying that uh, that uh, the Bengals hatred and the Bengals organizational hatred was completely irrational and uh people who hate on the Bengals organization but are not hating on cleveland and who are not hating on miami and who are not hating on um uh, a bunch of other organizations they're uh they're it kind of reeks of some sort of uh bias against the cincinnati Bengals. now just a couple other quick uh quick TWA2K sports categories before we move on from the sports section. Um, I 
would like to welcome Chad Kelly and Machine Gun Kelly to uh, Canada because he has now signed for the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I was a big fan of Chad Kelly in college. Uh, you know, really thought he, you know, kind of got a raw deal in the NFL. Now, some of it was his own uh, wrongdoing. But, um, you know, every time he stepped on the field, I thought he was, I thought he was, you know, looked great. He looked great for the Colts. Um, uh, when I seen him, um, I thought he should have got it a shot with uh, Denver. He looked good in the preseason and a couple other starts with Denver. Um, he certainly would have been better than uh, fucking what's his nuts. Whoever they, whoever, <laughs> whoever they, I can't even remember his name. The guy other than uh, the guy other than Teddy Bridgewater. I've tried to, uh, I've successfully erased him from my memory. That's how fucking Drew Lock. That's how bad he was. Uh, okay, yeah, he was definitely better than Drew Lock. I'm excited to see him in. Um, Canada. I am a little worried that uh, you know. I'm trying to think of what a good over under is on uh, how long it's going to be before he gets arrested, <laughs> because uh, our laws in Canada are a lot different uh, than in the United States. So um, hopefully he gets his shit together. I thought he was. A, I thought he was a great prospect. I thought he had good talent and. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I love I love seeing them play football. <sighs> and um, the only other thing I want to mention before we're done this is, um, you know, uh, I know the guys at, at uh, part of my take, they thought they were they were woke to the um, negatives of uh, Tony Romo, but I was woke to him even before even before them. Which was quite a fucking. While everybody was sucking Tony Romo's dick, I'm just like, you know what? I like I like that he knows a lot about football, but I don't like being told what exactly is going to happen on the play. Like I like uh, my commentators to let the game breathe, and like if you have to say something, say something. But I don't like to be told like what I'm going to see before I see it, and you know. NFL coaches are fucking stupid. Half the time he's fucking wrong anyway. So, uh, you know, what's the point of sitting sitting here uh, trying to say, oh, this is, this is, this is, like, I mean, just let the fucking game breathe, man. Like, ugh, it's so fucking annoying. It's so annoying to just, like, uh, you know, and that's where he's too much player and not enough broadcaster. Uh, granted, there are a lot worse um, there are a lot worse play-by-play -play guys that you can get, but I mean, you know, I, what do I want in a, in a play-by-play -play guy? I just want someone who's, who's gonna, um, is gonna do play-by-play, -play, not do pre-play by play-by-play. Um, and when something, you know, kind of silly happens and when something, something stupid happens that everybody can clearly see, uh, and to just call it out, but don't sit here and try and like, uh, uh, predict what's going to happen before the play. That's not really, uh, that's not really letting the, um, letting the football play out. That's just kind of like, you know, predict, predicting play calling, you know?
So um, now moving on, I would um, it would be a disservice to my audience if I did not talk about the uh, gigantic fucking elephant, the roaring uh, elephant uh, in the room, which is um, the Canadian uh, trucker, the Canadian Karen convoy, um, as uh, as my dusty dusty. Uh, Cult of Dusty would <laughs> would call it. Um, so I figure I want to. How am I going to start this? Like uh, I'm I'm all about principles over politics. I find that um, I use politics and politicians and political parties. I find most people are used by uh, politicians and politics and political parties. Um, now, uh, people are, when, why are people used by them? Well, they do what they say. They, uh, only lean to one side or the other. If, uh, if they're on the right, then they're only going to do what the right says. If they're on the left and they're only going to follow the left and do what the left says. I would like to, uh, come out as the world's first apolitical podcast where I'm just going to uh, stick with principles and I'm not going to uh, just blindly follow a, um, a leaning of the aisle. Um, now, for the last little while, um, now, our politics and our uh, political division is has gotten to be incredibly toxic and uh, it is not helpful. We are being divided um, by politicians. Uh, pol politics are dividing us and um, it's done intentionally. It's done because think about all the institutions and uh, the world, all the uh, organizations and establishments in the world. Politics are the only thing that hasn't evolved um, for fucking centuries, like besides religion, which I mean, you know, nobody can seriously argue like um like that religion has been like um religion is like uh speaking something that's helpful to uh to 21st century people, right? Like it's kind of just uh it's kind of just there. It hasn't really evolved and people just kind of do it because it's all that they're used to. But politics uh, have been gotten just uh, out of control. Um, we have to find a better way beyond what we're doing right now. Uh, having picking between one idiot and another idiot is not some form of um, is not some form of freedom. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you um, that if you think voting between uh, one uh, corporate elected uh, moron and another corporate elected moron. So I play sides off against each other. And, uh, that's what, uh, that's what I do because, um, that's the only option available. Cause I know eventually these guys are going to sell me out down the road and they're going to go against their principles. They're going to, uh, sell out for money, etc. But 
You know what I'm done with right now is um, people complaining about the fucking established media. These internet news uh, uh, fucking places that are complaining about the established media. And they're far more corrupt and worse than the established media. They're producing, at least the established media was not um, producing this sort of conspiratorial insanity. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, like the, um, the fringe is all of a sudden, like, um, the fringe is all of a sudden, like, a fucking, like, mainstream thinking, like, uh, you know, despite the fact that no, um, political party really is willing to go and say that, um, and, uh, uh say that these vaccines are bad, like, not, like, none of the, the Canadian, uh, the, the Canadian po politicians are willing to say, even the conservative politicians are willing to uh, go against the um, the vaccines. But meanwhile, we have such a, uh, you know, the meanwhile, they're listening to like Internet news and is that which are telling you complete horseshit. And then that's that's prevailing, like the prevailing narrative, like the Internet is turning far worse. Then and they're becoming uh, what they used to think of themselves as better than they used to think of themselves as a better alternative than uh, CNN and uh, MSNBC and all this shit. Well, you're getting bad information and you're getting misinformation and you're um, you're being stuck inside of like echo chambers, anti-science echo chambers and. Um, there's just, I think, like, if we don't find a way beyond this, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. We are in a lot of fucking trouble because, uh, you know, I think if this pandemic was a little bit worse, we would have really been fucked. If there was like a little higher of a of a death rate, we would have really, really been fucked. And now, like, there's so much. Uh, you know, there's so much uh, the convoy comparing themselves to Black Lives Matter. You know what I look with? You know what I look for when I'm trying to um, when I'm trying to uh, give support to or not support a cause. I look for where the people are dying. Okay, so the Black Lives Matter protests were protesting a killing of an innocent uh, civilian by a government. Uh, by a government worker uh, in cold blood. Okay, so where are so if you want to say like I'm I'm uh, I'm the Jews in the concentration camps. Okay, where are the people dying? Okay, shit ton of people dying in the U.S. more than any other place in the world from COVID. And you want to say that uh, that you are the um, that you are the victims in this? You are protesting for the right to kill more people. Okay, you are not the fucking good guys. You are upset that you can't go fucking fornicate in the streets or whatever it is you have to uh, want to sorry do uh, during whatever it is that's more important to do uh, in a pandemic than. Uh, protecting your fellow brothers and sisters. Uh, and, you know, you want to, like, it's, the right is so fucking, uh, is so shook by um, 
the left and the success of the left that they are trying to um, paint themselves as these um, as these martyrs and victims when um, when there when there are real dead fucking victims from the misinformation that you provided. If you want to sit here and you know you want to sit here and make comparisons uh, about Nazis and who's the Nazis and shit. Where are the dead bodies? Where are the fucking bodies? Okay, that's all I'm concerned of. And whose misinformation is leading to more deaths? Okay, that is what matters. Where are the people fucking dying? Okay. And as far as um, and as far as these uh, protests go, these Canadian trucker protests, I will have nothing to do with any uh protest that uh, would not immediately go up to a group of people carrying a swastikas or Confederate flags or fucking uh, Tea Party flags and not immediately confront them and tell them to get that shit off, okay? Get that shit down. Apparently, these guys felt pretty cool about uh, about that and uh, and about having uh, Nazis uh, or uh, people who uh, think of themselves as Nazis around because uh, you know that's just cool, right? You know, having you know uh, they're uh, they're so tolerant that uh, that uh, they're they're so tolerant they don't mind fucking people with swastikas up. No, fuck that. Um, now it's, it's kind of, um, it's a little bit, um, dividing me in the sense because I feel like Canada would be better off with an American styled, more American styled government. I want to pay less in taxes. I don't want to give my money to this idiot government that is just wanting to reinforce bureaucracy and suffocate. Canadians in red tape. Um, this is, but this is the one thing that I would not, uh, I do not think is worthy of a protest. I do not think it is worthy to protest um, mandates during a goddamn pandemic. For me, that is the one thing that you need the government for. You don't need the government to tell casinos how to operate. You don't need the government. Uh, to tell you to tell this person to pay this much more in tax than that person. You don't need the government uh, to tell you all these fucking little procedural things about uh, how your business is to operate. That is not what a fucking government is for. That is what uh, that is. You know, if you want to bring up all these things, you should have brought them up before the pandemic. The pandemic is something that we needed we needed government mandates for we needed to close the borders we needed uh we needed to um to have a um a stronger response because you know now so this is the one time where you needed that and generally speaking um i'm for uh i'm for a lot of um a lot of uh libertarian um light causes but i think what this what this pandemic finally proved is that libertarianism is dead and uh this was the death of libertarianism 
that um, having that people are too stupid to uh, to be able to truly have freedom. Because if you have freedom, you need to be responsible as fuck. And as we've seen, as we have proven, uh, when people are left to their own devices and giving uh, any sort of um, liberty uh, about a situation, they will be irresponsible as fuck if it does not do anything to directly benefit them. Now, Canada is fucked. And it is not the fault of the pandemic, uh, and it's not the response of the pandemic why Canada is fucked. It is everything before that has led up to this pandemic. We should be competing with the United States right now. Instead, we're the fucking laughing stock of the world. And that has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has everything to do with what has led up to the pandemic. Reduce taxes, cut red tape, let entrepreneurs decide what is best for their business, cut pointless bureaucracy, and fire pointless appointed positions. Okay? That is what Canada needs to do. Okay? That is what Canada does not care about. They want the tax money coming in and they want the bureaucrats fundling money out to horseshit mental health causes, which nobody really knows. Uh, uh, how to fix or uh, or nobody really knows what to do they they just we need to we need to be uh, a, a, in competition with the United States we need to be a less dickish uh, version of the US a less fuck you version of the United States we need to be just US light and Canada will flourish instead of trying to be some semi-socialist uh semi-socialist you know retarded fucking cousin of america now another problem that is wrong with canada if i may be so bold is that speaking um french and canadian fluently is required in order to be a uh, prime minister of canada now, I felt that Kevin O'Leary would have been a terrific prime minister, but he could not uh, he could not essentially get nominated because he was only fluent in English. Now, I know what you're going to say. Um, this is because, yeah, I only want a English speaking person as a prime minister. No. I don't, I do. If there's a, a person who only speaks French, that would make a great prime minister, fucking elect him. I don't care. We can translate quite easily. It's not that big of a deal. Um, if there's a fucking person who only, who spoke fluently Spanish, but didn't know good English, as long as they have the right ideas and the right vision for Canada and the right way to make our country, who gives a fuck? You know what, uh, this whole uh, English-French uh, thing and like only 1% of the population can speak fluently English and French. It's a lot of mental energy to waste your time knowing uh, the exact same words in a different language that you know in, uh, in, in one language already. Um, so... So you're you have less brain space for uh, for other things. Now, Trudeau is a horrible leader. I did not elect him. I I thought it would be a nightmare. It is a nightmare. 
But let's be honest. I mean, if any of the other conservatives would have been elected during this time, would anything have been any different? No, it likely would have been worse. So the problems really aren't with Trudeau or or Trudeau or Trudeau or Trudeau. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, the problems aren't really with him. The problems are with Canada in itself and the fact that – we give too much value to these uh, 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 governments and uh, the bureaucratic institutions, and we're really fucking over our economy by doing so. And we're missing a chance to uh, really do something great. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the easy answer is, um, but I know it's not partnering with uh, Nazis and uh, it's not partnering with. Uh, Canadian Confederates and um, it's not uh, it's not sucking the dick of our government. I know that I know that these are none of the answers. So I would support a movement that came up from the grassroots if it really had um, if it really had freedom in mind. But I can tell these 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 movements are not pro freedom. Because uh, what's going to happen once all the mandates, once all the mandates lift, everybody's going to go back to not giving a fuck exactly what they were before, because they are not personally inconvened by uh, the by the rules and the mandates. And by the way, if you don't think you can, if you don't think you should, if you think you should be able to cross borders during a pandemic without being vaccinated, I mean. That's kind of stupid. I mean, if a country like so, these protests are essentially anti-democratic because uh, most people, majority of the people think that during the peak of a pandemic, when um, when you're crossing borders to the heavily unvaccinated United States, that you should be uh, vaccinated in order to come back to Canada. I mean. Like, that's such a little thing to ask for, and that's actually quite reasonable. So it's interesting what these conservatives uh, decide to uh, talk about when it comes to freedom. Because when it comes to a freedom for a trans person to use uh, uh, whichever washroom they feel so comfortable using, that's, you know, that, that all of a sudden they don't care about freedom anymore. Okay? Despite the fact that. There are a lot more white terrorists than um, than trans people uh, raping uh, people in whatever bathrooms they go. So maybe it's time to have some uh, inward reflection about about what's going on with us and not. And maybe this trans panic is getting a little uh, out of hand. And uh, meanwhile, fucking every time I see a news story where there's a. a mass shooting, it's probably likely some uh, white right-wing brainwashed fucking uh, unfuckable piece of shit who uh, just just fucking uh, just can't fucking get beyond uh, get beyond his fucking uh, his pathetic grievances with life and has to take it out on other people. So, and I was initially um, skeptical about this uh about the trans about like uh what what's going to happen with uh trans people and the bathrooms and it's all very new to me and uh 
you know, I'm very just hetero. <laughs> um, you know, I have no attraction to um, to uh, men or men dressed like women. I just just men at all. <laughs> um, I am very uh, very uh, much just a straight hetero male. Um, but I mean, I can't deny the reality that uh, you know we're not really seeing the things that people were afraid of happening happen um in that there was a lot of um a lot of too much panic about something that has turned out to be uh not a problem i mean i'm not I'm just not seeing that where are these buffalo bills uh where are these people like they're they're we're just not seeing the story the stories pop up meanwhile Every other story in the news. Oh, whiny white unlaid piece of shit fucking kills fucking uh, 10 school children um, because he couldn't get laid. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, where? and meanwhile, okay, that's because trans people uh, had to use, had, could, uh, had to use a wash, or wanted to use a washroom that they wanted to use. Give me a fucking break, okay? Such fucking horseshit. Uh, Woo! And another thing, another thing I want to, another bullshit hysteria thing that um, I want to kind of um, poke and prod. Uh, now, AOC. AOC is very interesting. Um, uh, now, um, coming from me, like, okay, I'm not super liberal um you know i do believe in i do believe in liberal principles like just being chill until something is like i'm principally a liberal but i'm like fiscally conservative um but i'm speaking that from like the canadian perspective american perspective is like I think I might feel a little bit different. I think I might like American is almost like they're almost too. Uh, I don't want to be at the level that like uh, America is at with like with their with uh, freedoms. Okay, as I've stated before, I think libertarianism is dead, and that you do need laws. And I mean, you can't have. You can't have just unfettered libertarianism and you can't have unfettered socialism. And many of the things that the right is in favor of are very socialist ideas like, you know, having the like cops check your ID before you vote or, you know, having these strict voting laws like um, uh, cops, um, you know, stop and searching you like um Many other many other scenarios where you can point out that the right is um, is very much against uh, your liberties. Um, but AOC, I find, is an interesting interesting person. You know what? I really got a lot of respect for her when um, when she said that she does not uh, uh, invest in crypto and she does not trade in stocks. Because she felt like that would be a um, like that would somehow make her biased in what she's doing when in like because she because she is because uh, she is in the Senate or uh, and, and that makes like that that really struck me. I'm just like, 
that is somebody who has principles. That is someone who, and to not, you know, to see Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> who probably had, it was a lot of the reason why um, a lot of the uh, companies are are successful in giving and getting um, and getting uh, to the level that they are at. Seeing somebody who is completely uh, and transparently doing insider trading and um, cre or creating the laws that and while she's investing in companies that oh hey all of a sudden this company is successful and you know they and, and oh hey this uh this prominent politician is invested in this company you know what i fucking respect that i respect that about her that she is so grounded in her principles that she is not willing to uh own stocks or crypto that she just looks at the facts of the matter and uh and um it, it, and that she's so principled that uh that that is something that ground that grounds her first and that is amazing that is honorable you cannot uh you cannot look at that and say and say wow like that is uh that is that is uh, something that's bad if all politicians were grounded if all american politic politicians were grounded in those sort of principles america would be much better off for that in my opinion and uh now the last little thing I want to say is like a recent story came up about uh, about AOC where uh, oh, look she's in the first class seat and uh, the in you know um, uh, hating her for being like a limousine liberal you know I think this I think this is done I think like this era of uh, pointing out like oh hey. A uh, liberal didn't uh, ride to bike on a uh, ride to work on a bike um, is uh, uh, and so they're against uh, so they're not principled uh, in what they want uh, in their governance is kind of horseshit. Now this is kind of like the right complaining the problem or creating the problem that they are complaining about, you know, because they're the ones who give out the death threats to her constantly. And then they're the ones who are also complaining that she's flying in first class. Mm, gee, uh, I wonder why she is staying away from most of you fucking psychopaths who are going to confront her, uh, call her a Nazi, uh, you know, say she's a socialist, whatever, even though like she's grounded principally a lot better than uh, a lot than more than most of the politicians in the United States of America. So, you know, while uh, I don't want to want to speak out of hand because, uh, you know, I just like, I, let's not, uh, let's not get too carried away with talking about what America should do. Um, I'm more interested in what my country should do and what, how my country should, uh, the steps my country needs to take, uh, to be better. So I'm not going to harp on it too much other than the fact that um, I respect a politician that is grounded principally and that it is refreshing uh, to see and that we need more of it. <sighs> Ugh, politics. All right. So uh, let's, uh, 
let's have a couple like fun stories um, before we finish things off here. So, did you guys try uh, the new uh, Cool Ranch Flaming Hot Doritos? My God, <laughs> they are really good. Um, like I was like, I like spicy things, but not like too spicy where it's like fucking burning your mouth. Now, the Cool Ranch is like, I love that flavor, but. The flaming hot just gives it like a nice little, nice little kick to it. Now, they are hot, hot. It's not as hot as like I love the um, the dynamite chili lime uh, little um, uh, dynamite Doritos. Those I find are really good. A lot of people find them too spicy, but I would recommend if you get the um, the Cool Ranch flaming hot Doritos to um, to get a dip with it. Just in case. Now, uh, I found the dip went great with it. Um, it went really good with it. But um, for the dynamite, for the dynamite uh, chili lime Cool Ranch, or for the dynamite chili lime Doritos, I need I needed a dip with it because they're just like I can only eat like ten of them before before I start to get dragon breath. You know, so. If, you, if, if you're like things that are, you know, a little bit spicy, not too spicy, uh, I would definitely check them out. Uh, definitely worth it. Um, okay, what's another, another thing? Okay, now, uh, so there's someone talking about uh, giving the double bird. Now, I think, like, the double ver flipping the double ver bird versus flipping the single bird. Now, I think that uh, if you flip someone the single bird, that's more uh, offensive. I think, like, somebody getting flipped off, like, uh, with a single bird is like, fuck you. is like a direct fuck you. I think the double bird is, like, more playful. That's like, ha, 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 fuck you, fuck you guys, fuck anybody. I'm, <laughs> you know, that's like, uh, you know, flipping the single bird is, like, what I would do if I were... Um, if I were at the Canadian truckers protest and I seen the idiot that I seen that said, this is North Korea, I would flip him the single bird. Now, if I had just like, you know, won the lottery or something and I'm like getting like, <laughs> and I'm getting like carted off, like, uh, uh, you know, and I'm about to board a private jet and I, I would double birds. Hey, fuck everybody. <laughs> I'm the best. Like, you know, so I think uh, I think the double bird is like more playful. Where like I think the double bird is like ha ha ha, fuck you guys, fuck you guys, and the single bird is like a direct fuck you. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, you know, I, I, I would like I would personally um, I would personally take much less offense to a uh, to a double bird than a than a single bird. You know. I don't know. Has anybody got super offend, like offended by by two birds? You know, kill two birds one stone. No. Um, other thing, another thing I wanted to talk about, um, which has been uh, I've heard many people bring this uh, subject up before, and um, I want to um, kind of find. Uh, Find out maybe some angles that uh, the that they aren't quite pursuing in um, 
in this uh, debate. Now, um, okay, so it's the onion rings versus french fries debate. Now, a lot of people are in the pro-french fries camp, and I can understand why. But I just want to point out that they are wrong, that onion rings are usually always better than french fries. So where we're getting it wrong is that often onion rings get put in the same uh, packaging as the french fries. So the packaging is not any different. But onion rings are kind of bulky and cumbersome and they don't really fit well into like small packaging. French fries are very like uniform and very um very even and very non-clunky. So I think what that a lot of people uh a lot of people um are upset at the debate for the wrong reasons. I feel like if there were an even distribution of onion rings to french fries and uh they had the if they had the um uh, they had the packaging to uh, compensate for the uh, uneven nature of the shape of the onion ring that I think that a lot more people would prefer onion rings. Like I like the taste a lot better. Um, onion rings definitely taste a lot better and are like tastier. Um, French fries are more bland and like I, I, you know, you can season onion rings a lot better. If you, you know, if you put seasoning salt on like a lot of seasoning salt on a French fry, then it kind of tastes like you're doing too much, you know, like French fries are very just plain and like, uh, and the, so that's the thing is like, I usually never order French for, or never order onion rings from a place because I know that I'm getting the the I know that I'm getting less uh less of a side with it because they put the onion ring in the same medium uh packaging as a french fry and literally I can count the amount of fucking onion rings on my fingers and uh, I'm like cool wait like uh you know I could have had 30 french fries instead I got 9 onion rings that's a fucking rip off uh, okay so the people who are saying that uh, they prefer French fries to onion rings, I think if we just went taste-wise and you just had a one, okay, you have one or the equivalent of one onion, so three French, two or three French fries and one onion ring, I don't know. I don't know how you could say that the French fry is invariably better. I've never been to a place that uh, has had, um, that has had onion rings where the French fries have been better on a one-to-one -one basis on a one-to-one -one ratio. Now, maybe if you want to argue that you're having like, you know, chili cheese fries or, uh, you know, some sort of like, um, some sort of, um, uh, poutine or something that it would be better, of course. But if we're just talking about like, you know, uh, fries and ketchup versus onion rings and ketchup. If the distribution of the French fry and the onion ring was uh, equal, then I think much more people 
much more people would be on board with the onion ring. Now, uh, that's a little that's a, that's a thing that you, that I think now a lot of people are taking into account into the situation. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another fantastic episode of the World According to Kyle podcast. I will see you all on the next one. Take care, everybody.